0: This episode of Splainin' is dedicated to a dear friend and supporter of the podcast, Gary Hall.
1: Gary was one of the kindest people any of us had the pleasure of knowing. The loss of his unflinching support will be felt by everyone in the St. John's Arts community.
0: In lieu of flowers, Gary's family asks that you perform an act of kindness in his name.
1: And so, this one's for Gary.
0: You got some spaining. You got some You got some Welcome to Splitting the podcast,
1: where two guys explain things to each other. That they should know. But don't.
0: Nope. I am your favorite co-host, Jeff Sims. And I am your equally favorite co-host, Evan Smith. Evan, buddy, guess what? See how I
1: escalated that, or like de-escalated that? I could have turned into a brawl. It could have. It could have been really bad. You were, you were, you were cruising for a... You are fighting tonight.
0: Cruising you? for a bruising is what you were yeah. trying to say. I wasn't doing... sure
1: what I was trying to say. I was like, well, you... Beat it well, up, by Come in, by yeah. The door's unlocked, <laughs> door's... <laughs> Windows open. Kettle's on. <laughs> the kettle is on. Yeah. I'm oh, having a cup geez, of tea for the first my. time in podcast history.
0: Yes. You're going sober. We had yeah. Evan's intervention <laughs> last week. It, uh, it hit home, but it was effective.
1: Yeah, it was effective. Yeah. I have not drank today. <laughs> I did have a fair bit of red wine last night. Um, but well, today I've, cheers I've to been that. sober. Cheers to that. Um, but, you know, Jeff, I um, have a couple of things I want to tell you about. Oh. One is I started listening to green lights. Yeah, you did. And you know this because <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a green light, ironically, yep. today at yep. a stoplight. And in the second lane next to me. Who pulled up but Jeffrey Sims. But me. Yep. Now, if you are not a local to the St. John's area, you might think that's insane. It's not that insane. Also, Jeff and I live within a kilometer of each other. Yep.
0: Um, So it's not that weird. But it was sort of weird. It was kind of funny because you were waiting for the green light. And upon my arrival came the green light. And it did. Upon your best friends.
1: And you Cons- had your green AirPods Lines. in, I had my AirPods
0: yeah. in. And you're you like, Neither one of us I, using the car audio system. No, I know. <laughs> and
1: You were like, What are you listening? Because I was on my way to a walk, so I was like, I'll just leave it. No, yeah. I was on my way. On the church. You're right, on the way to see Jesus. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, so when you pulled up, you're like, What are you listening to? And I was like, You're not going to believe this, but it's green lights. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? I'm really into it. I've told Tiffany many stories about his childhood so far. Like, so good, right? Mm. And he's like, "How much of that do you think is true?" I was like, "All." I think of it. it's all true. I think there's an element of don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Of yep. course. Also, he's like what sixty now, probably or no fifty. He oh. said he just turned fifty. In, oh really? Yeah, and, and it came it's out last like, year. So.
0: you know, it's like how much of this is like recollection? Does he remember everything? And a couple of stories he tells he wasn't present for. <clears throat> right? True. Like true. Like there's true, one he true, tells true. about
1: his brother trying to pee over the line. Like
0: no, he, no, no, that was him.
1: It wasn't his brother. It was him. No, it's his brother Pat. No, it was him. Jeff, I listened to it yesterday. It's his brother Pat. I'm like ninety percent sure the story is about him. I'm a hundred percent sure it's not
0: Matthew. <laughs> if you're you listening, please, yeah.
1: No, it's not. It's his brother because he's telling before he gets to himself. He tells a story about his oldest brother, and then yep. he tells a story about his younger brother Pat. Yep, and that's the story. And he goes home. Wake- okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it, it's it's really really good because he, he talks about how like all of the boys have to do the rite of passage yeah. thing. And that was yeah. Pat's rite of passage. He doesn't get his until he has that bar fight.
0: Yes. So I wasn't sure
1: if you were there yet to the yeah, bar fight. Yeah. Um, no, it's really good. I'm it, really enjoying it. And, but I'll, but here's the thing. So I don't want to spoil too much. I'll be very vague. But like, so we, I just finished the part where he was in Australia.
0: Yep. Oh, and, man. Uh, what a good
1: story. But the whole time, because in the very first like chapter, few, ep, few, I don't know, couple minutes. Yeah. He lists things about his life. And he yes. says at 18, I was molested. Yes. So when I was like, I went to Australia and he was like eighteen. I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be where he gets molested." Doesn't get molested, and it doesn't get molested no. there. No, can so, I? Uh, never
0: mind. I'm not so don't anything. spoil anything. Maybe no, no, he no. just never brings it up again. Did you? Did you finish the point where he's back home from Australia? Like you finished the Australia portion? Mm, I I don't I I think
1: I'm just there. Gotcha. Like he just said about the guy who was staying with his parents who had a great time. Yeah, right. So I don't think I've. I don't think I've listened to much of him being home yet. Gotcha. Well, no, maybe I have. Cause he
0: like, he was quitting law school or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's just so, so interesting. Hey, it's very interesting. And, and like, how do you feel about those little like bumper sticker or like all those little
1: things? Uh, I feel like I like them. I feel like I would like them more. It's the only aspect I feel like I would like more if I was reading the book probably yeah because it's like a visual you see the page it would be yeah. the only thing on the page yeah um yeah so it's a little bit disjunct because it's like you're you're moving through like a ch- it's like a its own audio clip yeah quickly yeah like ah what's happening so i feel like that i would like more but i mean you can't there's no way you could possibly beat him reading it no and that's it's how i feel about so every good. every autobiography i've listened to i've I only listen to them when it's the person reading them.
0: Yeah, a lot of audiobooks like you need the author reading them. Sometimes yeah. having an actor do it is no good. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's a lie. Autobiographies, the, you mean? No, even even books. A lot of authors like oh. won't read their own books if really? they're a bad reader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Excuse me. Um, but uh, they don't know how to read. They know how to write, but can't read. Can't read. No. no. Can't read for the shits. No. Um, yeah, I'm, that brings me so much joy, Jorgensen.
1: Yeah, no, it's real good. I'm really much enjoying it. Good. Um, I was also listening to a podcast this week. I think I've told you about it before. It's called Everything Is Alive, and I would really yes, like you yes, to listen yes, to it. Yes, I don't yes. think you have yet. No,
0: I have not. No, you, you did you tell should. me about it. So
1: it's really expertly made and like very uh, crafted in the way that like um, revisionist history is crafted. Like, sure. Very sure. Professional, we'll mm, say.
0: Not unlike yours and mine. No, but in a different way. In a, in a more I don't know what the word is, but you know what I mean? Less bullshitty talky talky. Less in our basement with blankets up as sound. Yeah. Less, sound bearers, less blanket or, for it. Um, but so the concept is, is
1: every episode is an inanimate object. Yeah. And the guy is interviewing the inanimate object. Yeah. And it's just like really, some of them are beautiful. Some of them are funny. Yep. Many often they're funny. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but some of them are just like gorgeous and like heartfelt and stunning. Anyway, there's a new season out and, the episode was called Vinny the Vending Machine. <laughs> and he just talks about his life as a vending machine and blah, blah. But he says in it, and I, was, I felt like they were speaking directly to me. He's like, the thing is, you know, I don't dispense anything that people need. Like, And he goes on later, he talks about like how he wishes he could dispense like babies. And it's a really hilarious conversation. But he's like, you know, no one needs a sour cream and onion ruffle. And I was like, <laughs> Wait a I've never been so triggered in my life you <laughs> clearly neither of you have met me. And he said that exact, I was like, as soon as he said, I knew he was going to say like, no one needs a type of chip. Yep. And when he said sour cream and onion ruffle, I was like, hang on. Yeah,
0: I do. You are the provider of the goods for me, young Vinny. Yeah.
1: I was talking about chips last night with my friend Darcy. And I was saying like, if someone was like, you can't have chips anymore. Mm-hmm. I would be very sad. And specifically about the sour cream and onion raffle. That's...
0: Uh, yeah. It's my chip. It is a great chip. Yeah. It's a fantastic chip. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have, like, a food where if someone said that, like, I would be absolutely devastated. Like, it's not like they disappear from existence. You no. You can be at a party no, no, no. and other Thanks, people can have them. You're just not allowed to eat them. You can't eat them. No. Yeah. It would be a, a That's bit. how I feel like when I turn, like... Well, we'll say 50 just to be diplomatic. That, like, I'm going to hit 50 and they're like, all right, you got diabetes. You can't eat nothing. (laughs) Your blood pressure is too high. I'm just going to look at all the poutines and all the fries and chips and and candy and chocolate and fat and chicken and meat and pork. And they're going to be like, keep listening. That's good. Yeah, "Yeah, no, 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 good. I just want to paint a picture of my diet. Yeah. And they're going to be like, you can't eat that anymore, Jeff. Here's a leaf. Yeah. You're a rabbit now. (laughs) <laughs> Matthew kind of eating lettuce with yeah. ketchup on it. Lettuce with People ketchup. Didn't on know it. How to be a vegetarian? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I think for me, the whole chip thing. Like if they were at a party and I couldn't get to them, like I wasn't allowed to have them, it would be like a very much a this
0: weird nightmare where you're just running down a, a, no. a never-ending
1: no. hallway. It with, would be like Orpheus and Eurydice situation. Yeah. It would be like you can't turn around and look at her or she'll go back to the underworld. I'm yeah. like, well, I'm but you can't have, turn. I'll, ha- I'll have to eat the chip. Yeah, I'll, you, I'll end you up can't. The you
0: can't eat the chip. Or un, 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 otherwise, the chip will forever be gone for everybody. So you can't ruin the chip experience or for Or not even else. that.
1: Or like, I end up in hell by eating it. It's like, uh, I think I'd still eat it. I don't uh, think I can
0: avoid uh, it. You know?
1: Yeah. And any of those hypothetical scenarios would suck. But I think in yes. all of them, I would fail. Interesting. Maybe. Um, I have a corrections-ish corner-ish. Go on. Not so much corrections. They are points of discussion points of discussion thoughts musings if you will okay. about last week's episode alright go on I thought it was the shit no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is
1: actually a meeting in which we need to talk about our content great um, no. let's do that right now um, in explaining the goddamn theory of relativity yes the thing you explained the worst good was the pen that makes flowers I was
0: like what is he talking about
1: was the, and was then when the I listened,
0: planet oh the planet that makes the leaves into the fl- like is the that pen what? the pencil that makes at one point, you said there's a pencil
1: that draws a flower, and I was like, "So any pencil then?" No, 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 no. But no, no, what no, no, I, no. now I know what you were saying. Yes, it's like those the... things people have on their desk that they attach the pencil to, and it's like it's like the um, thing with the balls, the pendulum thing, where the yeah. pencil just uh, does a perfect
0: thing, but it doesn't stay in line. Yeah, no, that's not what I was talking about at all. What if, if I went in that direction, then that means I did an even worse job of explaining it than you, I thought. The
1: direct sentence you said was, the pencil that draws a flower. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, never mind. And you moved on something else. Yes.
0: Because I was talking about, I think it's Jupiter or Mercury. Okay. One of their orbits. Yeah, you have about Mercury. Yeah. yeah. One of their orbits around the sun. Yeah. All of them are like overly oblonged or whatever. Yes, but they don't stay in the same figure no, eight. Almost Ex- all of them do, except for that one planet. Yeah, except for mercury. That's what I mean. So what it does is every time it moves a little bit more like this, it keeps going in a circle. And it looks like petals on a flower. Yes, and that's how. And I was like, you know how you'd like draw a petal on a flower, you just keep going like this. It's not. And what I did you a read. Uh, that's you what I'm saying. It. I did a really bad job of like trying to like that
1: pencil dip- that draws a flower. Yeah. So I thought what you meant was you can get those things like the pendulum that go on uh, a desk and they have like a little ink thing on the bottom. I understand. And they just, if you flick it, it'll keep moving in a basically yes. a figure eight. Yeah. But it, the figure eight keeps shifting.
0: Yes. Around, and there's, that's what I thought you were trying to no, say. No, it was no. like in explaining the theory of relativity, that was the thing you stumbled on. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um. There's also like another great example that i could have used um like there are artists like that i've seen on like instagram and stuff yeah where they have a paint can on a rope yeah and they just poke a hole in the bottom and right. just flick the paint can that yeah. comes back and forth and each time it'll yes. just draw a little bit of it yeah. anyways um yeah you, you're right out of all the things that i could have explained poorly yeah that was it that was it not to say that i didn't explain the theory of relativity well it's just no, but yeah somehow less worse than the other one yeah
1: Mm. yep now uh, the other thing i was just curious about and i yep. wasn't sure if you looked up einstein's brain where is it i didn't look up okay well allow me to tell you oh, because i was very intrigued by it i know you really were you were like wait where's where where's it now <laughs> and you're like i don't know and i was like what but it's somewhere <laughs> no one you're threw married. it out and also just the fact that they took it without consent yeah, like, yeah I, but I don't this, know if this belongs was... to the people no it is real? i looked it up oh it's real yeah it's yeah. real now his son later said that they were fine with it, but they weren't asked in advance. No. And it wasn't on his driver's license, you never a little heart in the top no, left corner. No, no, no. New. Um, in 1955, Thomas Stoltz Harvey conducted Einstein's autopsy. Yep. He removed and weighed the brain. It was dissected into several pieces. Some were given to leading pathologists. Harvey kept some for himself. In 1979, a journalist Stephen Levy found out that Harvey had sections preserved in alcohol in two large mason jars within a cider box for over 20 years in his kitchen.
0: What? <laughs> I mean, Dude, that's
1: so weird. Yeah. Imagine that. Maybe not in his kitchen. I might have made up the in the kitchen part. But like but anyway, the fact that he had them in large mason jars and alcohol in a cider box, like yeah. hiding them, kind of. No, not kind of. A hundred percent But he wasn't like at no point was he that reprimanded for having done that. That has to be unethical. I don't know. But in 2010, he finally turned the remains over to the National Museum of Health and Medicine. In 2013, 46 small portions of Einstein's brain were acquired by the Mutter Museum. It might be Mutter. I'm not sure if it's German. Uh, the exhibit featured thin slices of Einstein's brain mounted on mi- microscope, microscope slides. So you could like go to the museum and yeah, look, yeah, look in look the microscope at his... I can't say that word right now. No. Look at his brain. And you'd be like, oh, okay, that's weird. Did they discover any sort of anomaly or, like— uh, They found that—I can't remember the words. He didn't write it down. But they found that, like, on the side of his brain that is mathematical and science-y, something was closer together and blah, 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 blah. But also, fun fact, Leah messaged and said, did yeah. you know Einstein was autistic?
0: Yeah, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. No. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um. Yeah. Like, I, that has to be so unethical. I so mean, unethical. When I kept reading, I was like, "Why is why is no one calling him to task? Why is he not reprimanded?" Yes, he just took them. He just t- like imagine that today. Imagine yeah. today, there is oh, I can't even think about it. No, no. I can't. No, 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 like just someone just like like collecting like fingernails, or just like doing something gross, like just like taking something else that off of a person. I mean,
1: it's less weird. Because given he's, that he's a brain. No, given that the guy was a brain surgeon, it's not like he was a brain surgeon and he had like someone's foot in a jar.
0: Who but was a brain surgeon? The guy who had the brain. I thought he was just the morgue. The oh, you're the right. MD. He's not a brain surgeon. No, he's, he's just, just the guy who did the autopsy. Yeah. Ugh. He was just like that's mine. But maybe
1: now. they brought in a brain guy to do the brain thing. Oh no, they, it wouldn't be. It would just no. be a coroner person. It would just be a
0: coroner. They would just be like the medical the chief medical officer or something. Would be like just. Oh going yeah, that's like,
1: weird. That's weird. Very weird. I mean, it was weird anyway. But I was trying to give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah. That's like if I don't know, man. I retract my benefit of the doubt. No, the absolutely record. not. God. That's like someone being known for like having the longest finger in the world. And they die, and then the person in the morgue was like, I'm just going to keep this for me. And they just kept the (laughs) finger. I'm just going to make some s'mores. (laughs) (laughs) But, dude, like, it's so unethical. It's very unethical. And, like, disgusting, disturbing. It's also incredibly disrespectful to, like, Einstein. Yeah, I mean, give it to the
1: pathologist, sure. Let them study it and figure out what was going on. If he wants to. Like
0: if well, yeah, Einstein no, no. had stated. but even
1: if you know the Germans or not Germans, I guess it was Americans, wasn't it? Who were like, yeah, let's do this then. Um, like, okay, yeah, he's the smartest guy ever lived. Let's study his brain. But like, but but you can't still ask let him. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. But let's get past that. The um, no what means the no most argument. ethical part? Yeah. Well, but, but not even just that. Like so, okay. So if no one cared really, they were like, whatever, go ahead, buys. Yeah. Then still, yeah, you
0: can't take it. You can't take. You're some. not one of them. You can't sit with us. No. None for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> None for Gretchen Wieners. Ah, oh, that's so Three, gross. Three for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. Yeah. Like, no, man. Yeah. I'm no. sorry. Not a thing. No, nope. not a thing. Not a thing. Now, do you, know what it, do, you know what, do you know what it'd be like? Is if you become, like, the most well-known piano player of our century. Okay. And when you die, mm. the guy cuts off your hands... To study them to see if your hands were apart, but keeps your pinky. And but he's gives not so,
1: studying them. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he keeps your corner guy. Keeps he just pinky. he just yeah.
0: keeps your pinky. Yeah. And sends off the rest of the hand to be studied at like, like Yale Mom. or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a new science building,
1: <laughs> which will still be being built. Will still
0: be being built by then.
1: Oh god! They should
0: name that building Janice Mr. Fitzgerald. This is the thing, you know, right? No.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm not sure they're naming it. that I don't think they are. But there was a big old petition for the people to do it. Oh, go away! Yes, I'm, I was like a year ago now. Yeah. Like the hype. The Doctor Fitzgerald's yeah, COVID Dr. building. Jan- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big old thing. Yeah, she deserves yeah. the buy. Yeah, she deserves everything she gets. She deserves everything she yeah. gets yeah. except for the COVID. Mm.
0: Yeah, mind absolutely.
1: you, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, with that, Jeff. Yes, Evan. I think it's important that our listeners
0: know mm-hmm. that. Um, what is it that I say here? <laughs> uh, that's a great question, Evan. It is important to us that our podcast is accessible and easy to find for new listeners. Um, so when you finish listening to this podcast, please do us a favor and go rate and review our podcast. Put us top to the charts. Make us easy to find. And with that, I'm going to continue to lead the way, Evan, and carry you upon my shoulders as I often do. It's good because I couldn't carry you on my... No, honestly. You <laughs> 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 i was gonna say is this an insult about my weight or your inability it wasn't to intended lift me? to be but i just felt the opening there i'm proud of you buddy she said. <laughs> uh okay so i'm going to go into a very um kind of like fast-paced like very funny but like you know kind of dark humored um uh topic funny yeah okay it's uh the vietnam war oh i see what you're doing okay. yes yes it was sarcasm i was like i clearly
1: don't know very much about this at all no <laughs> I, like, I thought it was very bleak
0: yeah it was not an enjoyable time no
1: um so shall we just dive in let's dive here's what i'm most curious about for you to answer okay and i hope that you do <laughs> i make any promises <laughs> because i know that for in the States, it was a big thing of protest. Like, even Forrest Gump, isn't it? They're protesting Vietnam and that. And that's how, correct, And Lieutenant yeah. Dan goes to Vietnam. And so does Forrest. Well,
0: oh, that's where he is as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course That's he how One he met. War the War War. Yeah, right, right, right. And Bubba Gump. And Bubba Gump.
1: Um, and I watched some movies on it. Like, and I just I got shot like,
0: in the butt <laughs> 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 And
1: I just know the thing is, like, everyone's like, why are we here? There's no reason for us to be here. Yeah. So that I want that question answered of why were they there? Okay. And did anyone ever be like, you're right. Anyone of power would be like, you're right, we shouldn't have been. like."
0: Gotcha, yeah, so um, bad news, I didn't answer that question. Okay, great, cool, thank you. Corrections Corner, next week. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, um, so similarly to how I started episode one of season three, when describing the economic crisis of 2008, yes. heading out of World War II, we obviously see the U.S. targeting the war on communism. Right. Right. So there were many battles during the Cold War that mirrored similar circumstances of that to the Vietnam War. Okay. Battles that did not have any geographical significance to the U.S. There were no resources, no previously preferred allyship. It was simply an ideological political war in the name of defending freedom in Asia. I see. Yep. They're like, we want people to be like us. We will fight you. Yep. Okay. yep. At the time, JFK strongly believed in what he called the domino effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theory that small, vulnerable nations would fall without help. One after another. Okay. More specifically, fall to the rising power of communism.
1: Right. And then all of a sudden, all those communists
0: get together and they're like, hey, yeah. we're going to fight you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we know the U.S.'s stance on communism and why they were advancing in battles in places where they had no imperial advantage, yep. no natural resources or resources of any kind that the U.S. needed to protect or obtain. Right. Right. It was simply to fight communism. So what were the circumstances leading up to the Vietnam War, and kind of why did the U.S. jump in? Yeah. Um, Vietnam was— That is answering my question. Uh, Well, I haven't answered it yet. No, but you said you weren't going to answer it. Yeah, but I I may not. Uh, Maybe (laughs) I was just just throwing your question back at you. (laughs) I didn't say I was going to answer it.
1: Would that be funny if someone just didn't do research, and all you did was ask the other person
0: questions. (laughs) Um, So Vietnam was part of French Indochina. Okay. A French colony in Southeast Asia. It was established in 1887 for the French to reinforce Catholic missionaries. Interesting. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> it was controlled by France up until World War II, uh, when France was invaded by Nazi Germany. Uh-huh. At that same time, when this happened, Japan invaded Indochina. Okay. Okay. Japan took over. Is that in- part? Sorry, is that part of what we now know today as China? Indochina. Yeah, no. So no. Indochina was is uh, was like Vietnam, Cambodia. Okay, um, had no no relation to China in terms of. I don't believe government. so. No, 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 okay. no, no. no, no. no. Um, so Japan took over Indochina, but ruled through their former French uh, protectorate Emperor Bao Dai. They kind of used him as a puppet. They were like they took over, and they're like, no, no, you're still going to remain in power, but we're going to tell you what to do. Okay. Um, so meanwhile. While all this was happening, the people in Vietnam were not happy mm-hmm. because all of a sudden now Japan had rule. Right. So uh, Ho Chi Minh was the leader of the Viet Minh, who became a communist army who were trying to rise up against the Japanese. He came up and we didn't start the fire, right? Ho Chi Minh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so after Japan lost in World War II in 1945, yep. the Viet Minh declared the Vietnamese independence Okay. as the democratic... Republic of Vietnam, okay, with Hanoi as their capital, they extended their battle to the French, making it the first Indochina War. So it was really weird. Just so that you understand, French had control of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Japan came and took it over during World War Two. Right, and then Vietnamese people at the time create Ho Chi Minh, led by Ho Chi Minh, created the Viet Minh. And started a revolution to go against Japan. I see. So now— The,
1: the uh, rebellion, basically. Yeah, exactly. The, the civilians.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and so now they have control over it, and it's called the Republic. Um, what did I just say? As of right now, currently, modern yep. day? Nope. Nope. Oh, oh this in, is— the, in, in the time we're in. Exactly. Okay, post-World um, War II. Yep. Yeah. So okay. it, And so then the, in, the Indochina War between f- the French, because after World War II and French won— uh, France won. They tried to take back Vietnam, and so now the French is trying to come back into power there. So now, and Japan's no longer in the equation. It's now France versus Vietnam. And geographically, yep.
1: Because this I, isn't a question for me. No, it isn't. It isn't it's no. okay. I'm just curious of location wise, like how far is France from Vietnam? Far enough, pretty that, far, right? Far, yeah, far yeah, enough. Okay.
0: Like Vietnam is not in Europe, so I mean, no, New, it's in Asia. Is a small continent, but still. yeah, yeah. Um, Right. So while all of this was happening in Vietnam, um, the Cold War started to settle in. Right. Uh, Sorry, started setting in. And the U.S. were backing anti-communist regimes, Mm -hmm. while the Soviet Union and uh, the Republic of China, People's Republic of China, were backing pro-communist regimes. Right. So with this, the U.S.A. and Britain backed the French, Mm -hmm. while the Soviets and China backed the Viet Minh. Okay. And they divided Vietnam into the North and South. So France, Britain, and the U.S. were in the South. The Soviets, China, and the Viet Minh were in the North. Oh, like a Korea situation. Like a Korea situation. It is almost exactly mirrored. If you look at the battles and how they went oh. and what what kind of happened, almost identically. Right. Um, so the southern state of Vietnam was established with Emperor Bao Tai as the leader of the anti-communist regime. He's the French guy? Uh, no. No uh yes yeah okay yeah Yeah. um i mean he's obviously not french but yes to your to your question american advisors have been helping the french but president eisenhower was reluctant to actually put u.s troops on the ground okay so they were advising them telling them what to do the viet Minh were ultimately victorious in their battles to separate from like to have a north and a south Mm -hmm. and it was decided in the geneva accords that vietnam would be divided into two states okay the state of vietnam which is the south, and the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, which was the north.
1: God, how confusing.
0: I know. Cambodia and Laos. Laos? Laos. Laos. Uh, so Cambodia and Laos were also granted independence, effectively ending Indochina. Okay. Um, there was a referendum about the separation of the north and the south, and the results seemed rigged. It was 98.91% in keeping the south separate. So they think that, like— But who votes on this? The people of, of Vietnam. Oh, okay. Is that like the – when you say like Geneva, whatever, it's like – The Geneva not... Accord was already decided. Okay. Uh, this was like them being like, do we actually want to stay separate? Right. And then they had a big argument, and then it came back that, yes, almost 100% of the people were like, yep. Right. But they think it's it was rigged. Okay. So Diem, who is now a new ruler of the South, declared the South independent and became the Republic of Vietnam with Saigon as its capital. Okay. Um this official separation moved Vietnam into the Second Indochina War or simply known to the West now as the Vietnam War. Okay. The US watched with fear as they thought communism would spread. If Vietnam were to fall, it would then threaten India, Japan and other nearby nations in that region. Mm-hmm. Like the the domino rule. Yeah. So Diem set about squashing any communist activity in the south at all, arresting and executing many people. He was Catholic. Uh, which was often at odds with the predominantly Buddhist population. Right. Uh, in 1960, communist forces and other anti-government groups in the south were organized into the National Liberation Front, or the Viet Cong. Right. You, you've heard of Viet Cong. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, they the had jungle warriors. Exactly. Yeah. So they had their own little thing called the NLF, the National Liberation Front. Okay. And they were in the south, wreaking havoc. Right. Um, the North connected and supported the Viet Cong or the NLF uh, by means of the Ho Chi Minh Trail, uh, right. which was a border hopping trail connecting the North to the South. Right. Uh, attempts were made to try and keep the NLF from rising and creating too much disturbance. It mostly affected rural areas within the South. They were just like being shit. shit right. They stirbers. were. E- it was easy to take over a little community here yeah. and there. Yeah. So at this time, the new U.S. president, JFK, was already facing many embarrassments with the spread of communism, such as the Bay of Pigs, the construction of the Berlin Wall, the growth of communist power in Laos. The
1: construction of the Berlin Wall?
0: Or yeah. You... Oh. Well, yeah. The construction of the Berlin Wall is what separated Berlin into— Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't up for that long, was it? Like 20 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It came down in 90... Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that tear wall. Tear down that who, Nixon? wall. Uh, no, it was... Uh, uh, no, it wasn't... Jesus, no, it wasn't Nixon. It was... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God. I can see his face. Also... Reagan. Reagan, thank Ronald you. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. No, it wasn't Reagan. Yes, yeah. it was Reagan. Yeah, it was Reagan. Because <laughs> it went Reagan, Bush Sr., no, Clinton. No, no went senior course. Clinton uh then junior. Yeah. And Correct. then Obama. Yeah. And then Trump. Correct. And now Biden. Yeah. Um <laughs> we definitely got that wrong. There's no way that was the actual trajectory I, of the As the you were saying, I was
1: like, yeah, that checks out. Because certain people serve two terms.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. I think
1: that does check out.
0: Yep. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the construction of the Berlin Wall and the growth of the communist power in Laos. Yeah. He believed that it was Vietnam where he would actually make a stand and put a stop to the spread of communism within Vietnam. JFK? JFK. Okay. So he was reluctant, though, to send troops there, believing that the South Vietnam Army had to defend the NLF or had to defeat, sorry, the NLF on their own. Right. Um, but they were crippled, disorganized by political corruption, and constantly under attack by guerrilla forces. Right. So it was just like a bleeding battle. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. continued to send supplies, weapons, and advisors to help support the South, but they continuously lost battle after battle to the NLF. Uh, By 1963, religious tensions ran high as the pro-Catholic government discriminated against the Buddhists, banning their flag and killing protesters. Uh, protests intensified. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but the famous, I don't know if there's a video or if it's just a picture, of the Buddhist lighting himself on fire, the monk, in the streets. I don't think so. It is very powerful. Yeah, um, just as like a little bit of a small like side note tangent. Um, they, I've, I. This, this is in Vietnam. This happened. Yep. Um, they talk about it in oh God. Which book is it? I can't remember. But they talk about the power of meditation, the power of separating mind, body, and soul, and, and everything that the monks were doing. Right. Um, you know, at the time, um, and he just put himself in such a a trance of of connection and. And, and everything that he was doing, that he lit himself on fire and didn't flinch, didn't feel pain, didn't scream. He just sat there until he died. Very, like, very wild. He just sat there, crisscross applesauce. He purposely
1: sauced, lit himself on lit fire? Himself,
0: covered himself in gasoline, lit a match in the middle of the streets. And everyone just sat and watched this man torch. He just sat up, lit a flame for, like, a minute or two, and then just fell over. No screaming, no reaction. Nothing. Zero. He was, oh, yeah, wild. But, After. Okay. After, but well, I, no, what's the no, no. purpose of that, that story, though? How did the, you get there? The purpose of this is that protests intensified because it was him in protest of what everything that was going on. I see. And the battles and the conflict and the anti-Buddhist behavior of the Catholic okay. government right. and everything like that. Okay. Um, so on November first, officers from South Vietnam Army rose up against the government and captured the leaders in a coup. Mm-hmm. Diem, his brother, and his advisor were brutally executed the following day. So the NLF took advantage of this and tried to rally up more and more people in the South to join the communist North. Okay. JFK, as we know, was assassinated in Texas. Um, if you do not know about that, go check out season one, episode nine, Hanky Panky. <laughs> also, how good was that episode? Just want to say. Did you do Watergate? I did Watergate the episode before, water, the
1: Watergate Snowman. Oh, that's why we kept saying Hanky Panky. You, you got really hot in the tip about Hanky Panky. You wouldn't yeah. stop saying it. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. Um, <clears throat> great. What, did you, what
1: did you do the JFK episode?
0: Uh, no, you don't know. It was another conspiracy.
1: We doubled down on them? We oh, did Watergate yeah. the week before and then JFK the next week, and you also did a conspiracy?
0: I think I did Area 51. Holy shit. It was a great series of episodes, bud. <laughs> it was like really forward moving. Normally we try and tra- t- uh, space those things out. We try, but
1: yeah. couldn't. Not, not then.
0: No. So, as we know, LBJ yeah. uh, came in as the new US president. Yep. Yeah. So after some more coups, General Nguyen Khan became head of the South. Okay. Uh, on August 2nd, 1964, the U.S. Navy ship, the USS Maddox, was monitoring signals coming from the North. It fired three warning shots at some North Vietnam torpedo boats. Uh, to kind of be like, you guys are getting too close to us. They fired three warning shots. Upon the other Vietnam ship, decided to fire back. Open fire, torpedoes, machine guns, the whole thing. The short battle resulted in four Vietnamese dead and actually no casualties from the U.S. Okay. Two days later, a very similar instance was reported, which later became false. Didn't actually happen. What? Yeah. The second one didn't actually happen. Um, But it uh, turned... They didn't come out and say it was false before LBJ used that instance to order an airstrike and get Congress to push through the Gulf of Tonkin. Uh. This allowed him to escalate the U.S.'s involvement in Vietnam without a declaration of war. He was like, they attacked us. They attacked us. Yeah. It's go time. Yeah. Uh, So before the re-election in 1964, part of his campaign was that he promised the American people that he was not going to send their boys off to war. Oh, oh, I see. So JFK died in '63. He finished out that term, and then the next year had to go up for reelection. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. And um, promised that he wasn't going to right. send the boys to uh, to or overseas. Yeah. Um, so back in Vietnam, the NLF and the North continued winning battles against the South. The Soviets and the China were now making visits to North Vietnam to strengthen their ties and buff up their forces. In February of 1965, the NLF attacked a U.S. helicopter facility. The U.S., in response, then ordered bombing campaigns over the North. Right. It was then decided also that South Vietnam did not have the resources or training to protect U.S. assets and bases. Right. Why did the U.S. have bases over there? Then they were constantly sending support and uh, and like advisors, not troops. No, no. Yeah, they had like well, like weapons and right. guns right, and right, right. all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, on March eighth, the first U.S. ground troops were sent to South Vietnam, totaling thirty five hundred people. Okay. By the end of nineteen sixty five, so like nine months later, eight months later, U.S. ground troops expanded to two hundred thousand. Wow. So troop morale was at an all time low as yeah. they didn't know exactly why they were there. Yeah, they didn't have the same drive for war as they normally did. Yeah. General William Westmoreland changed his viewpoint, stating that the U.S. could win the war quickly and easily if they simply went on the offensive. Right. So they were originally there just to protect their assets. Right. But after a while, they say, "No, you know, we can actually win this. Right. Let's just stop being defensive and go on the attack." Right. A three point plan was made and LBJ approved it, and the war escalated. Okay. Harsh conditions, low morale, and a lack of understanding of the land and terrain made for real poor progress. Yeah, LBJ and the government reassured the U.S. people that everything was going to plan. That they were going to win the war and that everything was going to be fine. Their boys were going to be home safe and sound. Mm. In December 1966, did not happen. Ho Chi Minh stated, If the U.S. wants to make war for 20 years, then we shall make war for 20 years. If they want to make peace, we will have peace. And then invite them over for tea afterwards. So they were just like, if you guys want to get involved, giddy up. Yeah, but get involved.
1: Stop like dipping
0: your toe. Yeah, well, they were like, if you want to get involved, get involved, man. If you don't want to be involved, we don't care. This is not about you guys. This is about our independence and growth as a country in Vietnam. Why are you guys even here? So if you want to stay, you can stay. If you want to go, come back for tea. Uh, The battles of the war were long and harsh. The U.S. had technological weaponry. But the Vietnam had a greater understanding of the land and simply a stronger will to fight. Yeah. Like I said, it was they're their— They're fighting for something. They're fighting for something. Yeah. It was their home that the U.S. was attacking, napalming, destroying, yeah. trying to split up and divide. Yeah. And they were fighting for their land and their ideologies and everything like that. The U.S. Yeah. had no idea why they were there. The soldiers yeah. had no will to fight, no. no will to push on. No, exactly. They didn't care. No. Um January thirtieth, 1968, the NLF and the North launched a massive attack on the South during their New Year's celebration. Oh, it was no. supposed to be a day of no battle. Catching everyone by surprise, 85,000 troops attacked across 100 cities, including the U.S. Embassy in Saigon. The South, although caught off guard, had a strong battle back. Major cities were fought over, specifically the border of um, hm, Why? Not sure. Uh, this was one of the bloodiest battles of the whole war. Ooh. This one day. Or a couple of days. Right. Journalists and reporters were now starting to take more accurate accounts of the going on in okay. Vietnam and painted a completely different picture than what LBJ was oh, saying. Oh, shit. Started to belittle his credibility. Yeah. The people's approval for LBJ and the war plummeted. Yeah. Uh, there was also a lot of controversy on some of the things that the U.S. forces were doing in Vietnam as well. Right. The My Lai Massacre in March of 1968 saw between 350 and 505 unarmed men, women, and children being massacred by U.S. troops. Wow. The story didn't rise to attention of the U.S. people until November of the following year. So the U.S. tried to keep everything secret. Right. Peace talks between the U.S. and the North began in Paris in may 1968 this resulted in the u.s agreeing to stop bombing in the north they're yeah. like that's the only thing we're going to agree to do yeah after a spiral of events through a u.s election nixon was elected <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Yay. when he came into office the war was very unpopular and looking more and more unwinnable yeah he slowly started to withdraw the troops from vietnam in 1969 but it did not last more and more battles raged on in neighboring nations. Battles that took the lives of many. To the point where Nixon had to double down and set the standard that he was willing to win the Vietnam War at any cost. Oh, shit. This escalation angered many. Nationwide yep. protests sprang up in the U.S. demanding an end to the war. Yep. The Pentagon Papers were released in 1971, leaking more and more atrocities and controversies about the war. Yeah. In 1972, the U.S. recommenced their bombing campaigns on the North. At the end of 1972 to 1973, the North and the South finally came to the negotiating tables with the U.S. In January of 1973,
1: the US moderated kind of,
0: they were all just there together. Right. Nixon suspended all attacks on Vietnam in 1973. He ended the conscription draft, and the Paris Peace Accord were signed. This ended the U.S.'s involvement in the war. All U.S. ground troops were withdrawn by March. U.S. Secretary Henry Kissinger and North Vietnamese former minister Le Duc Tao were awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. But Le Duc Thau refused the reward, for there was no peace in Vietnam. The South's economy immediately fell apart once the U.S. left. The North decided to take advantage of the vacancy of the U.S. not being there, and started to invade the South again to take back all the land. Now that the U.S. was gone,
1: right away,
0: right, right when they're right like, "No, we're away. good. We'll stop." Right away. All the while, U.S. was super distracted by the Watergate scandal. Yeah. Which, if you didn't see, go go listen to the Episode Watergate Snowman. Yeah. yeah. Um. So on April thirtieth. 1975, so like two years later, uh, North Vietnam soldiers entered Saigon, raising the NLF flag, and the Vietnam War came to an official end. In 1976, the North and the South would become unified into the Socialist Republic of Vietnam, and Saigon renamed Ho Chi Minh City. Hanoi became the new capital for the whole country.
1: Saigon is Ho Chi Minh City
0: now? Yeah. Oh. Yep
1: it's wild miss saigon the musical yep just getting back to like you know yep our, our roots our roots um because i was too butch this week so i need to like pull it back in absolutely yeah um, is that during the vietnam war yep it was yep. actually
0: just as the u.s actually leave vietnam is where that storyline takes place Yep. so right. like i think that came out in like what the 80s maybe I actually don't know when it was released, right. but like one of the first scenes, other than like the introduction of the competition for Miss Saigon and everything yeah. of the beginning, like the famous helicopter scene. Yes. Do you know much about like the actual stage production of it? I know there's a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. So pretty well, I can't, it's like pretty early on, there's a helicopter and uh, everybody's trying to jump on this helicopter and fly away. Okay. There was a famous battle of in, in um, I don't know if it's in Saigon. But one of the embassies were attacked, right. and everybody was trying to flee and flee and get on helicopters and just fly away because okay. the NLF were just burning down everything. Right. Um, and so that's what that takes place. And the main character gets on the helicopter and escapes back to the U.S. Right. But then he leaves the wife – or his, his, his girlfriend, presumably, and yeah. his unborn child in Saigon. And that's how the whole kind of plot oh. carries forward. So the whole time he's in the States while he's singing, like,
1: Why God and all that kind of stuff.
0: No, he sings Why God in Vietnam. Oh. So, like, I actually don't know how soon the helicopter scene is. Right. But they, the whole beginning of it, they have their love and they're together and yes. they have a child together. But I don't think he knows they have a child together. Um, oh. And he's part of the U.S. He has to get up and leave, gets on the helicopter, flies away, to right. never go back to Vietnam ever again. Oh, shit. And so in, he's in the U.S., remarries an American woman. Yeah. All the while, the rest of the story comes back to this one girl who now has a child yeah. and has to try to survive in this new communist Vietnam. She tries to escape Vietnam to go to the U.S. to go back and find him right. because she thinks that their love will withstand everything right. and this is the son, and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, she ends up getting to America right. and with the child. Yeah. And now he has to be like, oh, my God. I have a wife in America and I have the girl who oh I was in God. love with in Vietnam and this child. No. Yeah. It's a very very powerful show. Yeah, I bet. Very very powerful. I know some of the music, but I don't know the show. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um Anyways, keep them going. So, in total, um this is this is what's wild to me. Okay. So, I have a list of the military deaths for each country and the civilian deaths oh, for God. each country. It's yeah. very depressing. It's okay. very bleak. So, South Vietnam, yeah. the military dead, uh somewhere between 254,000 and 313,000. Uh, civilians, one hundred ninety-five to 430,000 people.
1: It's also crazy to me when there's like
0: a range and they're like, we're not really we don't We sure. don't really know. We're not
1: sure within 200,000 people.
0: Yep. um, The North Vietnam, including the Viet Cong. The military, 850,000. Civilians, 65,000. Oh, Lord. USA, military, 58,220. So like minimal. Yeah. And zero civilians. Yeah. And then there's a list of like China, North Korea, but it's like right. 14, 25. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the total Vietnamese dead from the Vietnam War ranged somewhere between nine hundred and sixty-six thousand and three million. Wow. Between one to three, they don't. Between one to three million, yeah. they're not sure, including civilians of both North and South and military of both North and South. Yeah. Total Vietnamese. People. Yeah. The U.S. had dropped seven point five million tons of bombs. Across Indochina. 2.1 million were dropped in Europe and Asia combined in total in World War Two. The war deeply scarred the region. The use of napalm scorched the earth, making parts of it still unlivable today. Oh my God. Like more than three times the amount of bombs were dropped in that like small war. Yeah. Than of all of the entirety of World War Two combined, it's just unbelievable. It's also I, it's it is unbelievable, but it's also like a period thing as well. It's also well, like, yes, 30, like 40 years later. They started doing the napalm
1: thing at the end of World War Two, exactly, and that's how they ended up winning it, exactly. And then they
0: were like, "Well, let's just do that tactic again," exactly. Yeah, but it's like like the infrastructure and the technology, yeah. and they didn't have the resources and stuff. So like, well, yeah, that was the thing for all of World War Two with when, during that bomber mafia
1: bomber mafia episode like i didn't yeah, listen, yeah. listen to the whole bomber mafia but i listened to the episode yeah, yeah yeah, And like that was the thing it's like all of world war ii they were trying to figure out how, how to get to do it how to yeah. get which plane to use
0: yeah how yeah, to train yeah, yeah. the pilots.
1: then they figured out how the jet stream worked like yeah. all that shit they already had that all figured
0: out this time yep yeah um but yeah it's pretty disgusting hey yeah uh so to kind of answer your question the people were rotted because ne- like this is what's tricky so world war one happened and the 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 monstrosity of World War One happened, but it was like the U.S. won. We were victorious. We did great. Do You mean World War Two? No, I mean World War One. Okay. And they knew of the the horrors of World War One, but they didn't have automatic weapons. No, it was like it was disgusting and brutal, but it, it not planes, to the same. Planes were manable. It was fought in the trenches. It was fought in the trenches. Yeah, right. Uh, it was horrific. Yeah. World War Two came along. Yeah. And it was like the country was still, like, pretty upset over the war. They're just yeah. coming out of the Depression, stuff's starting to move in the right direction. They go into World War Two. It's a completely different war. Yeah. A lot more Americans die. Yeah. And they they see the end result of the Holocaust. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is what war is. Yeah. There's also a much wider scape of, like, uh, media, of reporters. Yeah. So, like, Propaganda, the, truth, the yeah. truth about war starts coming out to the public as well as opposed to like come join the team come on an adventure
1: we need you yeah yeah so like that served your king and country
0: yeah yeah so like the truth kind of comes out then they have the the korean war and stuff so like they know what war is they know what it brings they know how brutal it is yeah it's also a time of peace where they're like peace and love man yeah and most importantly they have no business being there yeah it's not like in not to say that it's justified to go to war over resources like yeah. oil and gas. Like that's not a justified reason. Yeah. It's not like the same thing on the war of terrorism, like in Afghanistan, Iran, and Iraq, because mm-hmm. the US united itself to go against Al Qaeda to try to go find Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Like the, the US had like a hundred percent approval rating to go to that. Oh war. yeah, absolutely. Like it was wild. Yeah. yeah. This they were like, So why are we going here? Right. Oh, because they want to have just a socialist Like, you know, economy. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with that? And they're like, do we really care that much? And some, some US, like, anyway. So it was, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, And then plus, as the war was going on, it was costing more and more money, more and more resources. They were being lied to about it. And then they realized that it wasn't just us trying to fight the good fight against communism. We're going and actually doing horrendous things. Yeah. Killing innocent people. Yeah. The napalm, burning down all of everything. So it was like, yeah all of the boxes were like no let's get the hell out of here yeah and And they were still there and they were still there have you ever seen the deer hunter no
1: oh it's a lot it's just the vietnam war but the whole first part it's very long and like it's a slow burn but it's it's heavy it's like robert de niro very young like it's from the 70s robert de niro christopher walken Mm. meryl streep she's like maybe 21 wow um, those are the big names. There's another one who I can't remember who's less of a big name, but still a big name. anyway, The whole first part is just like they go hunting for deer in the woods, and there's like the whole um, metaphor between that and when they finally get over Vietnam anyway, and there's a wedding taking place and then he's gotta go and anyway, so they all end up going over there, and then the whole second half of the movie is them in Vietnam and they get captured and like, it's
0: just. have you seen Tropic Thunder? No, it's a comedy. Um, about these actors playing a movie about the Vietnam war. Right. And they accidentally get dropped off in Vietnam, but in like the Viet Cong's like camp or whatever. Right. And they, the whole time they think it's a movie, but people are dying and blown up around them and they're like acting and they think it's really funny. It's like Jack Black, Robert Downey Jr. Right. Um, who else is in it? Um, God, there's a bunch of like, like famous people. It's up. Right phenomenal movie yeah. but robert downey jr goes blackface he's a white man playing a black character but they play on that in the movie right on like like they're like what are you doing you're white you can't be doing this and he just plays the character so much and it's like it's pretty offensive right and they were like, like it wouldn't come out this year he would never get away with it this no. year yeah but people keep making the joke of like well if there's someone who could have done it it was robert downey jr and it, it's, it, but it's very funny. Right. Not that, but yes. like the movie, the movie itself stuff. is very funny. Um But yeah. Anyways, that's um, the war in Vietnam for you, bud. Oh, I mean, I knew it was going to be this. To be honest.
1: Yeah. Um, but I'm still glad I'm more informed than I was about it. And that's so what it's about, buddy. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. And
0: ladies and gentlemen, go enjoy your break. Do you sometimes struggle to both support local and have fashionable outerwear? Look no further. And Loops by Leah. Handmade hats. Scarves. Ponchos. Cardigans. And much more. You can even purchase iPad cases. And purses. Order
1: now at www.facebook.com forward slash Loops by Leah M. And send Leah a direct message with your custom order. Welcome back, folks. And thank you for joining us for this special edition of the second half of Splain the Podcast. Act two, oftentimes better than act one. Oftentimes, especially yeah. when I go second.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> I feed on the energy. I like to be the 11 o'clock number, you know? Ooh. Okay. wow. I uh,
0: hope you guys enjoyed your break.
1: I did. And so did I. Um, we crafted an ad unlike no other. You've just heard it, in fact. You did. <laughs> you did actually just hear it. Um, I have a beer now. Good my for tea you. was delightful, and it gave me the pe- pep me up pep. The peppermint! The peppermint pick me up. The peppermint pick me that up. That I was looking for. And now I'm gonna have a beer. And now I'm gonna talk about the prohibition of alcohol. Oh, excellent. So I had my prohibition during act one. Yes. And now the beer is back for me. Ah. So I feel better about that. I see the connection. Yep. I'm proud of you. Uh, specifically, the alcohol prohibition in newfoundland this is our first localized episode i think what (laughs) other topic have we done that was a local topic um
0: don't think we ever have oh why don't we do more local stuff i don't know like the cod moratorium like the 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 great um tsunami
1: great tsunami be a great one
0: yeah 1929 of 1929 yeah i mean
1: i I don't know how much there is to it. The whole topic, you know what I mean? It's yeah, there like was a just tsunami. a... tsunami. Yeah, a giant wave hit, devastation rain, yeah. and what's the next line? Devastation rain, and something drip dripping down the drain. Hamilton! Oh! God, catch up. Have another one. Um, No, I still want to talk about local topics. I don't want to talk about yours anymore. Well, we're going to, because mine is a local topic, so by saying that you want to talk about them, you want to talk about my topic, and that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, North America, 1700s. Not unlike today. Alcohol was a vital part of colonial life. Yeah. As a beverage, a medicine, and commodity for men, women, and of course, children. The drinker, <laughs> yes, this is a local Newfoundland production. Right? The drinking of alcohol was widely accepted and totally integrated into society, but drunkenness was not. There was no George Street. No stumbling around at 2 o'clock in the morning. If you were liddy as a titty, you better be at home on your couch. Like, that was a rule out of the public eye. No, wow. there was no public drunkness. Out of drunk- sight, en- out of mind. Yeah, no public drunkenness. You can be drunk at your friend's house or your own house. Yeah. Like you can pick your, your friends. Nose, yeah. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't pick your friend's nose. No. Nope. Pick your nose, pick your friend's, can't pick your friend's nose. <laughs> there we go. I staggered it. Um, but near the end of the 18th century, attitudes towards alcohol began to change. This was the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Laborers were operating heavy machinery. You know how, like, on Graval or cold medication, like, do not operate heavy machinery? That's correct. They were like, bias, you can't drink and operate the heavy machinery anymore. (laughs) Because there is heavy machinery now. Yeah. Um, So this is sort of the precursor to that.
0: But at Um, the time, they didn't know you can't operate heavy machinery because they were like... You just need to figure out how to operate that yeah, machinery. Yeah, 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 exactly. We don't care how you uh, do yeah, it. You just can't operate that machinery, period. Yeah, <laughs> Figure it out, bud. But yeah, don't
1: operate machinery while loaded. Yep. Uh, but I bet, like, before I was thinking, like, before that time, I bet there were some good stories, right? Like, the guys just shit-faced, oh. like, having thumb wars with cranes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, like, playing chicken with, like, prehistoric dump trucks. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> the Dude,
0: industrial- they're going, like, three miles an hour. Yeah. I don't know if the Industrial Revolution just, like, went from... Using, like, pickaxes and, like, shovels to, like, like having dump trucks. Like, I don't think— No, it wasn't that immediate. No. (laughs) No. no. But,
1: um, you know, who's to say?
0: Who is to say? We don't know. We
1: weren't there. We weren't there? No. As early as the 1790s, physician Benjamin Rush, Rush actually, researched Mm. the danger that drinking alcohol would lead to addiction. Mm. He cited abstinence as the only treatment.
0: 1972, they figured that out. How long? Actually, alcohol's been there forever. I'm an
1: idiot. 1790s.
0: Yes, I'm stupid. I'm here going, wow, that's awfully early. Meanwhile, people have been drinking alcohol for literally the entirety of all of human history. Yeah, exactly. So it's like they've had plenty of time to figure out it's addictive.
1: Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, But he was clearly a black and white kind of guy. He's like, unless you're abstinent, then... There's no other treatment. There's no moderation. Um, Although he did amend his statement to say there were benefits to fermented drinking, but condemned the use of distilled spirits.
0: Mm. So William
1: was a wine guy, apparently. Oh, yeah. He's like, okay, don't go drinking the hard stuff, but I'm still going to drink my wine. My my red wine. Yeah, my red wine. As well as addictions, Rush noticed the increasingly glaring link between drunkenness and disease, death, suicide, and crime. Great. Even then, they linked alcohol to an estimated 60 types of diseases and injuries.
0: Do you have all 60 named right now?
1: No. (laughs) It's like injuries. like, excuse me, sir, what is your injury? It's like, I have a black eye. Uh, Well, how'd you get it? I was drunk and I hit on my best friend's girl and she kicked (laughs) me in the eye. (laughs) Write that down, Betty. That's number
0: 58. (laughs) Add black eye to the list of injuries, (laughs) drunken related. Like,
1: what do you even mean? I like I fell I was drunk and I fell down and skinned my knee. Skinny knee, number fifty nine. Yeah. Um once the American Revolution ended, I'll just wait. I just think that's really funny. That's so good. Yeah. It's like sixty. I'm like, okay, well.
0: Yeah. They had to not, fight for the last three. Yeah, they needed yeah. a round number. Yeah.
1: 57 was easy to come up with. Yeah. yeah. Now, once the American Revolution ended, Rush called upon the churches to preach on the message of temperance. It took a few decades, but eventually temperance societies began to pop up all over the United States, Canada, and a little island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean known as Newfoundland.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome come might get loaded
1: not understand what we do say. There's basically one source on the prohibition in Newfoundland. It's heritage.nf.ca, which I was surprised by that it's, <laughs> it's still NF. <laughs> it's the back of an India bottle. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it was like not NL. F- NL. Yep. It's like Labradorian's is going to be rotted. All rotted. of our Labradorian listeners gone. Gone. That's it. None. Um, but it's like this 15-minute YouTube video. So in true plain form, I put on the video. Yeah. And I started typing with the closed captions. So like, okay, I'll just write all this down. You. So I could properly plagiarize. I mean, paraphrase. Yes. Um, and then I thought, well, let's see what the article says. Like, is it different information? Is it because it was an article and a video. Sure. The video did the exact same thing to the article. Well, the article was a dictation of the video. And I was like, oh, great. So I'll just delete that. So I'm a proper Newfoundlander. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. I was like, yippee kayak, other buckets. Yep. Um, and so prohibition in Newfoundland and Labrador was a Dominion wide ban on alcoholic beverages from 1917 to 1924 so seven hard years that's a hard hard time imagine I tried to quit drinking during like dry February yeah and we were on lockdown and I was like oh, no. can't be at
0: that and you notice know, so those are hard hard times they were hard hard just after World War one yeah 1917 Well actually yeah. that's when the war ended 1917 yeah, yeah. or is it 1914 no. 18 18 14 to 18 I think it was four, it was either 12 to 14 or 14 to 17. it was neither of those it was 14 to 18 okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the war ended Or almost ended Almost ended And they were like We can't drink no more They are like Yep your father's not coming home He didn't make it past Gallipoli <laughs> so By time, the way the,
1: By the way you can't Pick up the bottle no. now Somehow that was oh, the biggest God. Bigger casualty So as I said It grew from this International movement Of temperance societies Putting more and more pressure On the establishment Can we talk about temperance What is that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry Oh buddy <laughs>
1: that's what i get for drinking beer i stopped drinking beer during the podcast and this is why i've had a half of a bottle Uh, temperance just means um like to abstain or to have something in moderation okay yeah well done um and it's the societies were specific to alcohol they weren't like also like don't exercise too much they were it was specific to alcohol Um, So those societies are putting more and more pressure on the establishment. The followers of the movement argued that alcohol was responsible for many of society's problems, including spousal abuse, unemployment, and poverty. And I mean, they're not wrong. No. Like, it doesn't give the drugs much of a leg to stand on. They're like, Mm, what's your argument? Like, it makes us feel better, and we don't mind hitting our wives as much. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Yep. What's your argument? There isn't one. Zero. It tastes nice. It tastes nice. Uh, and it
0: probably didn't. It and probably did no, not and taste it sure. probably didn't. Yeah.
1: There's a full-scale chart on the Temperance Society's Wikipedia page on the potential, like the even like current Temperance Society Wikipedia page, on the potential long-term effects of ethanol. And many of the references on the chart would have been argued by the temperance movement. And I will read them to you. It's a lovely little chart. And so sit like,
0: down and skin your
1: knee? <laughs> one side is red, which is bad. One side is, well, I'll get to that. So this is the bad side. So large consumption of alcohol. Brain, impaired development. Wernick-Korsakoff syndrome. I don't know what that is. Vision changes, ataxia, impaired memory. Psychological, cravings, irritability, antisociality, depression, anxiety, panic, psychosis, hallucinations, delusions, sleep disorders. All from too much. Um, have food. you ever hallucinated from alcohol? I have not. But who's to say that I haven't just drank enough yet? Like maybe it's like nine drink Evan. Nine drinks, that's that's where you've stopped. Uh, no, i probably had more than that. You've definitely had yeah. more than nine Shut drinks. Shut up, often. Jeff. Mouth, trachea, and esophagus. Cancer. Oh. Blood, anemia. Heart, alco- alcoholic cardiomyopathy. Liver, cirrhosis, hepatitis. Stomach, chronic gastritis. Pancreas, pancreatitis peripheral tissues those are just the ones you can see at the corner of your eye Uh, (laughs)
0: that's not what that is okay (laughs) increased
1: risk of diabetes type 2 so those are the bad things that that can bring yep but the fun thing about the chart is there's also a side that's for small to moderate drinking (laughs) so that is positives (laughs) systemic increases insulin sensitivity lower risk of diabetes brain reduced number of silent infarcts i don't know what that in that is it looks like it should be like infrax, like infrastructure, but it's FARCs. Like F A R C T S. FARCs. I don't know. Yeah. Blood increases HDL, decreases thrombosis, reduces fibronogen, increases fibronialysis. Reduce artery spasm from stress, increases coronary blood flow. Skeletal is higher bone mineral density. Mm-hmm. All from drinking in moderation. Yep. Dr. Dick, can you please confirm? Please confirm, Dick. And then the best part, it's like a Venn diagram situation. So there's a <laughs> part Things of, in the middle? There's a part in the middle that's like whether you drink too much or whether you drink moderately, there are still some things. Yep. And they're all good. These are <laughs> things, no matter what, your alcohol consumption, these things will still be helped. Yep. Um, and that is joints, reduced risk of rheumatoid arthritis, because oh. you're just like limber. Limber. Uh, Although your knees are going to be bad. Yeah. Reduce the risk of developing gallstones. And in your kidneys, reduce risk of developing kidney stones, no matter how much you drink. That's just across the board. Uh, that's interesting, because I would have...
0: No, I guess not. Yeah, okay. just
1: like keeping lubed up. Keep, mm, didn't like that. Well... Get on the bandwagon, Jeff. In Newfoundland and Labrador, the temperance movement gained ground in the second half of the 1800s. There were three main players in the war on booze in Newfoundland. War on booze. The war on booze, The sons and daughters of temperance, the total abstinence and Benefit society.
0: And benefits.
1: And the, the Newfoundland Temperance League. Oh, and I feel like at this point there would be like a great love story between like oh, yeah. the daughter of one of the temperance society people and yeah. then like the son of a of like a, a, a rum runner or yeah, something and yeah. like they're like oh it's unrequited but it is requited yeah. but it's I can't do it I don't know why it's <laughs> it'd be more like why do you like going out or why we like can't drink
0: no John Bennett John Bennett we're frouded out John Bennett. <laughs>
1: Fortrina is the sun rising up over the the bay
0: and And her
1: sister is the west. Well, that's good. In 1871, the Newfoundland government introduced a temperance act due to the rising demand um, of the temperance societies. The act allowed electoral districts to hold local option elections on whether or not to ban alcohol within their borders. Local option elections happen from time to time and were essentially municipalities voting on things the province, well, country at the time, sure. didn't want to mandate. So it was a way for them to keep as many people happy as possible without having to take the burden of if it pissed people off. Yep. They'd be like, nope, it's on you guys. You all vote individually. And then whatever happens, we'll just do that. Isn't
0: that how all normal elections should go?
1: But they're not voting for people in office. They're oh, voting true, true, on an on ax to pass. Oh. Right? And I not, think uh, that's
0: how that should go anyways.
1: And And not even just... Overall, it's like different communities,
0: like St. Yeah. John's, would have had their own vote yeah. and only affected St. John's. Yeah, um, but don't you like just as a complete side note? Don't you think that's how we should be doing things now? Maybe just get the populace to vote on a on a on a thing instead. You of, just be
1: voting every second day, though. You know what I mean? Like you there's not that many bills and things I being think passed. There are there's like little bullshit things like amendments to this that like they'd have to just have people. I'm sure that's why they don't do it anymore. I'm sure it's so
0: that there are people we elect to are take care sh- of that shit. Sure, it's not to just retain power. I'm not sure. And to take away our rights and freedoms? Like the vaccine? Like the vaccine passports. (laughs) The special votes would allow voters in a specific, I sort of said this, but
1: special electoral districts to decide if their region will adopt a specific policy. In this case, it was Prohibition. Under the 1871 Temperance Act, a ban on alcohol would pass if two-thirds of all eligible voters in the district supported Prohibition. If the ban did pass, it would only apply to the district that voted in favor of Prohibition and not to all of Newfoundland and Labrador. Okay. It's where there has to be two-thirds, not half. Yep. They wanted a vast majority, I guess. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yep. These elections revealed overwhelming support for Prohibition. Interesting. So much so that by 1915, almost every part of the island outside of St. John's had voted in favor of Prohibition. Mm. Here's an excerpt from a newspaper in 1915. The local option poll in Harbour Grace has resulted. We are glad to state in a triumphant victory for total abstinence, and we are most heartily congratulating our friends on the successful issue of their efforts. The cause is truly marching on. Thank Providence, the work and faith of earnest labourers are beginning to bring forth legitimate fruit. Already 10 districts have declared for local option. The circle is, circle is narrowing towards the city. The city cursed by rum shops and some of these of the meanest character.
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? Heck yeah, Herbert
1: Yeah, Herbert <laughs> Throwing Grace. so much shade so much at shame. St. John's. So it was working and it was working well. But the temperance supporters thought it was too little. St. John's was still a major hub for alcohol, and so the movement argued the government needed to step in and order
0: a dominion-wide ban on alcohol. Do you think? Do you think that um, people would travel from those communities into St. John's? I think so. Or like even if they had to tr- travel in for mm-hmm. a
1: reason, sure. they'd just be, get loaded when they came in, and then and then they'd be like, "Well, you shouldn't be
0: at what do that you think top." They do that? What do you think they do now, by? Seriously. Come back from Carbonir and Cornerbrook to get to Costco, and then go to <laughs> a f-ing keg George to get a different drink. <laughs>
1: On April 20th, 1915, two large public demonstrations were held in St. John's. The Women's Christian Temperance Union organized a march during the day, and the Salvation Army organized an event in the evening. 3,500 people attended. So pretty good turnout for 1915 Mm. in town. Mm. Jumping right into action, the next day, the Prime Minister, Edward Morris, announces in the House of Assembly that the government would hold a a plebiscite, asking voters if they wanted a Dominion-wide prohibition. So again, it's like... Very little governing going on. The no. government's just like, let's do another vote. Yeah. And all, basically you're paying the government to count the votes on the things we're asking you to decide. Yep. Uh, the plebiscite is scheduled for November 4th, which is about six months away. So like, drink up me hardy's yo Drink You up. got at least six months. You got six months. When voters showed up on November 4th, nineteen, They were loaded. <laughs> they were loaded. They were given a ballot. On the ballot it said, and I quote, are you in favor of prohibiting the importation, manufacture, and sale of spirits, wine, ale, beer, cider, and all other alcoholic beverages? And then you circle yes or no. Wow. That was the ballot. But the government also set up two conditions that had to be met. The majority of ballots cast had to support it, but the majority also had to ha- to equal at least 40% of all registered voters, regardless of how many people came out to vote. Meaning... If only 35% of total voters showed up to the vote, even if the vote was 100% pro prohibition, it wouldn't be passed because it wasn't enough people for them to be a majority. I
0: understand. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Of the population, of the population of, of, the population of registered so voters. So at least 40% of, of registered, registered voters, voters had, had to, to vote. vote and, and at least 60, 60, 60%. And then the majority of them. It was just, there was no two thirds. No two thirds in this
1: case. So the St. John's Daily Star put an ad out Vote for prohibition and you will vote. For prosperity, for home, for happiness, for humanity. The polls are open from 8 to 4 in the outports and from 8 to 8 in St. John's. Better lose an hour's wages than lose the opportunity to free Newfoundland from the shackles and slavery of the traffic and strong drinks. I love this. The verbiage is so good. It's so good. Yeah. And let's remember it's 1915. So eligible voters Uh are men over the age of 21. Yeah. Who lived on the island of Newfoundland. Women couldn't vote. Neither could Labradorians,
0: even if you're a man over 21. Didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Even though the outcome would affect all people in Newfoundland and Labrador, only men over the age of 21 living in Newfoundland.
0: Yeah.
1: In true nail-biting Newfoundland voting fashion, it was close. 51 Uh, to 49%. 49%. It wasn't. But the overwhelming majority of Newfoundlanders voted yes to Prohibition. 24,977 supported it out of 30... 30,324 votes.
0: Wow. So,
1: like 6,000 people said no, that's about it. But that number was only 40.6% of eligible voters. If 385 people less voted, it wouldn't have been passed. Wow, that is wild. Right? Newfoundland by. What are you at all the time? Get up and do something by. So, the law passes, and prohibition is set to come into effect on January 1st, 1917. I'm just gonna say this: if they did that now, I would be a uh, rotted. Well, here's the thing: so they don't. That's the next January. This vote is November. It's not January coming. It's next January. Well, oh, they give everybody a year and year and a bit to. The vote happened in November, so the government gave 13 months. So Prime Minister Morris explained it was necessary to give a reasonable amount of time to those engaged in the business to dispose of their stocks that they may have had on hand and to undertake
0: some other occupation. Th- that's actually very like. Well, if you own a bar,
1: you're shutting the doors
0: and doing something else. Yeah. Right. Yep. Or if you're addicted, give you time to get off the tit. Yeah. Go cutting firewood. Yeah. Um. Just as a, a small question for you, small tangent. If that happened today, yeah. And Newfoundland zero alcohol, mm-hmm. would you move? Well,
1: as I'm about to tell you, you'll still get the booze.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> we would. All
0: right. Uh, it
1: was. Uh. It also gave the government time to prepare for the change, so that's why they wanted. The yes, yeah, so they months. had a year to figure out how to make homebrew. Yeah. So, we were by no means the first. By 1916, many Canadian provinces were under prohibition, including PEI, Manitoba, Nova Scotia, Alberta, and Ontario. By 1919, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, British Columbia, the Yukon, and Quebec had also banned alcohol. The United States introduced prohibition in 1920. PEI did it for something like 45 years. They were like the first to do it and the last to stop. Wow. I know. <laughs> they could be fermenting them potatoes. They the could Kenley be making D- great old stuff. Yeah. Vodka, is that Potato you may yeah. find potatoes. Uh, and so on January first, January January first, nineteen seventeen, Newfoundland and Labrador became a dry dominion. Taverns closed their doors and beverages with an alcohol content of two percent or greater became illegal. There were exceptions. Doctors could prescribe alcohol for medicinal purposes, in like a hemp kind of way. And of course you could have your wine for Holy Communion, obviously. Mm. But outside of that, <laughs> the ch- <none> of it.
0: <laughs> attendance at church went up. <laughs>
1: yeah, honest to God, Body Christ, come on! <laughs> <laughs> but where's the, blood? Yeah, where's the blood? got lots of bread. Um, but outside of that, nothing. Anyone caught in possession of alcohol could face a fine of a hundred to five hundred dollars in nineteen eighteen. That's in a lot of money. 19-19. Or spend up to three months in prison. Wow. Early reports stated that initially, there was a decrease in crime following the Prohibition, but it wasn't long before law officials became aware of how many people were drinking illegally. <gasps> During the Prohibition era, alcohol was obtained in Newfoundland in four ways. Number one, patent medicines, hmm. known particularly as dope. Dope? I didn't know that they called dope alcohol. Alcohol dope. was dope. These would be over-the-counter products that contained small amounts of alcohol. Cough medicine. Hair tonic health supplements, flavor extracts. Mm. One popular in Newfoundland was Armour's Beef Iron and Wine. This preparation is a blend of the best beef extract and excellent wine combined with the well-known blood-building properties of iron. The ideal restorative tonic, appetizer, and strengthener. Ask for Armour's Beef Iron and Wine, sold by all druggists and grocers. Go on. Yep. The Newfoundland Constabulary reported that these patent medicines were gr- were a growing concern. In 1919, police arrested 228 people for being Holy drunk and disorderly. Shit. 160 of those were due to dope. One year later, 276 people were arrested for drunk and disorderly. 198 due to patent medicines. Dope accounted for 70% of arrests connected with drinking cough medicines and shit. That is wine. Like cooking wine, basically. Yeah. yeah. An ad in the evening telegram read, The latest dope. The inspector general informed this court this morning that the latest dope is bronchial elixir. This and honey and balsam are now the prime favorites, and they will probably be banned by police shortly. And then in the same little <laughs> ad. <laughs> poem as if of dopes we haven't enough the latest substitute for stuff is bronchial elixir it (laughs) it makes the drunken cut up rough it makes a babe of the biggest tough it's a guaranteed fixer (laughs) i mean that's an ad that's not them trying to deter people from having it no anyway number two yep the second way people kept drinking was through the use of illegal stills They'd make their own alcohol by using things with low alcohol content and fermenting them. They were making moonshine. Mm-hmm. These liquids broke the law and posed serious health risks. The dangers of moonshine were reported on by a royal commission that investigated the effectiveness of the prohibition in Newfoundland Labrador. And I quote, The fusel oil in moonshine has a definite poisonous effect, <laughs> is bad for the nerve centers, will sometimes cause blindness, and in the case of women and children, the effects would be more pronounced, and especially in the child. Sure. It certainly would have a bad effect on the progeny of those addicted to it. Yeah. He goes on. Another ugly feature shows itself by a comparison of the figures of 1916, 1916, the year before the Prohibition, and 1920, three years into it. In 1916, less than one-third of those arrested were disorderly. 1920, about half of those arrested were disorderly. This makes clear that the use of dope or moonshine creates far more disorder than the use of ordinary liquors. Mm. It's like, buyers are just way more
0: rowdy. Way more rowdy.
1: Number three, the third <laughs> scheme was bootlegging. Huge amounts of rum and whiskey were smuggled into Newfoundland from the gorgeous little French island of St. et miquelon C- yeah. This problem was so at a hand that the local police force couldn't keep up with it. The commissioner stated in the same report, We are of the opinion that in order to successfully grapple with it, the detective force should be augmented. Its present strength is too inadequate for the constant vigilance necessary to cope with liquor smuggling. Special rewards might be offered to police and customs officers to stimulate their vigilance. Because they were just like, go on by, who cares?
0: I can't tell if this is a successful story of Newfoundlanders overcoming adversity to get what they want, (laughs) or another... Terrible example of how the Newfoundland government can't mitigate, can't can't well, fight their way through a wet paper bag. Right. No. Like it, Muskrat Falls was was painted off of the same brush right, as the prohibition. No.
1: Just because, just think about it. It collapsed everywhere.
0: What Oh like, yeah, yeah. Everywhere yeah, yeah. was
1: prohibition, and yeah. everywhere dropped it. So yeah. it wasn't just us. It's just that people liked to drink. Like to drink. So as many of our local listeners likely know, as do you, Jeff, the little island of Saint Pierre and Miquelon is actually two islands, semi-detached, like a nice comfortable duplex. Mm. It's actually an archipelago, if you will. Um, it's just a little group of islands. Uh, did I say that wrong or something? No, it's just oh. archipelago. Archip- Archip- I think that's how you say it. He was one of the Ninja Turtles um. fifth brothers. <laughs> he didn't make the cut. <laughs> just a little bit shorter. <laughs> he, only, he, he, was like a, going he had a stump leg or something. something. <laughs> <laughs> um, just 12 kilometers off the coast of the province of Newfoundland, Canada, is St. Pierre. Um, I'm going to burp again. Hang on. No. Go on. Get it out. There we go. The whole land mass is about 242 kilometers squared, which is bigger than I thought it was. Bigger than I thought it was. Bigger than I thought it was. And the population today is about 6,000. In the early 1900s, it was closer to 4,000. The sneaky thing about it is that it is France. Yep. Of course. They vote in French elections. They have a senator in the House and a member in the National Assembly of France. Yep. So when Prohibition was going on, things began to look way up for Saint-Pierre. At the time, they were primarily a fishing people and a convenient stopover point for many vessels. Yep. But then they put down their rods and their nets, and they joined the booze biz. Yep. Between 1911 and 1918, they exported 98,500 liters of alcohol. Oh, my God. The Prohibition hits... And by the mid-20s, they are exporting 4 million liters <laughs> in just whiskey alone. Oh, my God. That's not a—before that, 98,000 of alcohol, two million four million million—4 million, rather, of just whiskey, plus whatever else. A beautiful partnership started up. Canadians, all having voted for Prohibition, could no longer buy their own booze. No. Nope. But there was no law against making it. However, they couldn't sell it to the Americans, which is really the only importer of their product, because the Americans were also under Prohibition. But the Americans still wanted their booze because they've always been rebels. They always want to fight their own uh, fight, fly their own flag.
0: Fight other people's wars in in neighboring countries.
1: Have the right to burn their own flag. Have, indeed. All this booze would funnel quite legally through St. Pierre. So they'd fill up these boats that could carry 5,000 crates. And those ships would sail within about three miles outside the U.S. borders, outside the jurisdiction of the U.S. Coast Guard, straddling the international waters line. It actually became known as the Rum Line. It was said that all along the coast from Florida to Maine, if you looked out over the water on a clear night, all the lights from the rum boats offshore looked like there was a city across the harbor, but it was just boats waiting to offload. That is wild, and they couldn't do anything about it. Nope, not a thing. Uh, All the American gangs were fighting over a piece of the pie from the St. Pierre exports. Al Capone was heavily involved, and there were rumors that he actually went to St. Pierre to see the operation for himself. There was so much import that the locals of St. Pierre would use the wood from the broken up liquor crates for firewood all winter long and in the spring would even use it to build houses. (laughs) Because there was so much wood from the crates. For whiskey imports alone, in 1922, the island imported 123,600 cases of whiskey. 1923, they imported 435,000 cases. By 1929, they imported 5,804,000 liters.
0: I'm trying to, like, perceive how much that yeah, is. Yeah, I know. How could you even?
1: It would have been worth $60 million then and $850 million now. The French foreign minister called an inspector to look into the import and exports of alcohol in St. Pierre. And he concluded that St. Pierre was bopping. <laughs> they were thriving. He concluded in his 1930 report with an ominous warning to the French government that passing laws to halt or otherwise control the smuggling of alcohol would prove catastrophic for the island. He feared that without rum-running the iron, island, islands would spiral into decline. Yeah, it's like obviously. They, they will just die. Which is exactly what happened when the prohibition ended. Virtually everyone in 1933 just was Got like, up oh left. God, quel dommage. Yep.
0: Leave Johnny leave
1: <laughs> Oh, now those
0: boats are all run dry... <laughs>
1: Uh, Number four So the last way They were getting the alcohol Was through medical prescriptions As Mm -hmm. I said Because they kept that legal No one ever abuses prescriptions No never Oxycontin opium. Uh, So part of the issue was Every time a doctor Prescribed alcohol They earned a dollar or two Per script
0: Mm. So doctors
1: wanted to prescribe it And people wanted it Prescribed to them so, of course, the commission concluded that a large amount of the liquor obtained through prescriptions was used recreationally. Mm. It started becoming apparent that the prohibition was a bit of a lost cause. <laughs> Many people complained that the police didn't have enough resources to properly enforce prohibition, and therefore it was creating more problems than it solved.
0: I'm just trying to think of like how that conversation went with the doctor. Yeah. Like, oh, doctor, my knee's bad. <laughs> Craig, has the corps of his <laughs> life? You know? Here's, here's a bottle of whiskey. It's just a script, and on yeah. the script it says... Go get a Coors Light. Yeah, and where do you buy it? The drugstore. Yeah, and you go with your script, and you get a case yeah. of Coors Light. Yeah, covered by insurance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they cover ninety percent of it. You got to yeah. pay the yeah. deductible. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was still easy to acquire alcohol with the smuggling and prescriptions. Not to mention, illness related to unregulated liquor was growing at a vast rate because everyone was getting shit on yeah. moonshine and bronchial elixir. The bronchial elixir. The problems were easy to identify, but the solution was not obvious. In 1920, two groups submitted petitions to the government. One called for stricter prohibition, the other called for a partial lift of the alcohol ban. Richard Squires is now Prime Minister, and he's the one who established the Royal Commission that we've been talking about, the investigation. The Commission submitted their report in May of 1921. The report was actually quite critical of prohibition and concluded that the alcohol ban should end. It was recommended by the commission that tight regulations be introduced regarding moonshine and bootlegging and that the sale of alcohol should be placed under government care and thus begins the creation of the Liquor Control Board. So did the government act immediately... Of course not. Mm-mm. Richard Squires left it to the next guy. Three years later, they just left the report there. <laughs> yeah. Walter Monroe becomes Prime Minister in 1924. He ends prohibition immediately and establishes the Board of Liquor Control, which was the precursor of what we now lovingly know today as the Newfoundland Liquor, Liquor Corporation, or oh, the NLC, baby! NLC, baby! And to that, we say cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's it that's the prohibition of alcohol in Newfoundland uh, I love it it uh, yeah I wish it was a story exclusive to Newfoundland but it's exclusive it's it's yeah, it was inclusive all it was to all over yeah. Um, yeah it was just this big movement everywhere yeah it was yeah. a big bowel it was movement an international it was. thing yeah um, cause yeah I don't know it, it like I feel like I mean it wasn't a thing in Europe like
1: the French that's why Saint Pierre was fair game yeah because the French were like mm, we're not giving up Alcohol. Yeah. It's <laughs> not happening.
0: I feel like it's it's the same thing as like marijuana a little bit and like cannabis. Yeah. That like they were like, We're taking this away and then we just complained so much about it. Yeah. That they were like, Okay, you can have a little. Right. I'd rather you do it in the house. Like Well and also like now we can regulate
1: it, which was the thing with the moonshine. It's like, yeah, you can get real messed up and probably die. Yeah. Or we can regulate it and you can be fine. And likewise with you know the same thing with weed was like it was getting laced with stuff. And they're like, well, if we can control it, yeah. then it's we know it's not laced. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Very true.
1: Thing. Very true. The Truer words never spoken.
0: I uh kind of polaring topics. Very polarizing, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, but I do really like this this new kind of thing that we can potentially tap into. Like there are things in Newfoundland history that like we haven't talked about. Yeah. Like, like Sir Wilfred things- Grenfell, like a great story. Um, yeah. Is he like a horrible nope. human though? He was a doctor. Oh. I mean, everybody's a horrible human. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, um. But he, he was a doctor uh, in in Labrador. Uh, Labrador? Maybe. Don't know. Anyways, okay. but like, yeah. Don't spoil it. I'm not And kidding. also
1: you could do the Signal Hill thing, like the first transmission yeah. or was it? Yeah, tran- Transatlantic Flight.
0: Nope. Nope. Oh, uh, the first signal. The first signal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's it called? Uh, transatlantic s- no. signal. Transatlantic. transatlantic it is
1: transatlantic.
0: Maybe. I, I don't remember.
1: know. I can't remember what the, what the thing is, though. It's click, anyway. click, click, click. Morse code. Click, click. Yeah. But he's not Morse. He's he's
0: no, no, Alexander no, 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 no. Graham Bell, right? No, I don't think Graham Bell wasn't in Newfoundland. I think he was. I don't think he was. He, he wasn't was. The, the Signal Hill guy? Isn't that John Cap John
1: Cabot founded Newfoundland. Well, he... Well after John Cabot was like in the grave and rotten. Yeah. Was the transatlantic, whatever, Morse code thing. I think it's Alexander Graham Bell. I don't know. I could be making that up. I think anyway, it doesn't matter. It up. Let's go. Home. Alexander
0: Graham Bell <laughs> came up with the telegraph. Yeah, right.
1: So yeah. wasn't it him? And didn't he come here because, like like the transatlantic flight, he was like, okay, well, if I'm going to try and do this, I need the least amount of distance, so I'll go to Newfoundland. Maybe.
0: Well, Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. This great. is a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there are untapped stories that we can kind of dive into. There's untapped into. local potential. Untapped local potential. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, last, that's it. I got nothing else to say to you. I'm
1: ready for the bunk. Well, honest to God, you're having <laughs> sleep there. Um, so everybody, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date on everything that's going on with us in
0: the podcast. Absolutely. If you have a topic you'd like us to, to do, send it in at info.splayman.com. <laughs> <laughs> Can I help you, sir? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I do. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: um, Jeff's on the moonshine. It's the moonshine,
0: it's um, a moonshine melody. Um, you, you should take it,
1: though. Yeah. If you got a topic, email it to the place where you email it.
0: Yeah. Info.splane at gmail.com. Great. Yeah. Um, we hope that you learned something this week.
1: And if you didn't, there's always next week. Gotcha. Handmaids. Nope. <laughs> you could
0: have said scarves, and I then have. I would have said hats.
1: I know. Uh, also, you said outerwear. Where it's like outerwear? <laughs> I was thinking about that. Outerwear? Outerwear?
0: <laughs> okay, just do it again. I won't even stop it. Do you sometimes struggle to both support local and have fashionable outerwear? Look no further. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in my own head now. outerwear. It was perfect. He said it perfectly. We got to send Leah these afterwards.